Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right, my friends. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. And look, it didn't take long. It did not take long for Joe Manchin to begin to, uh, I don't know, change his tune here a little bit. Um, remember, he's the one that's pretty consistently, I think, pretty consistently said he is going to oppose any legislation, any spending bill that eclipses one and a half trillion with a T dollars. Now, that being said, as pressures have mounted, and yesterday we shared with you some of the lovely ways the radical left has been Pressuring Kirsten Cinema Mansion. I didn't even mention Mansion got um, harassed. I guess I think on a was it on his boat or I don't know something along those lines. I'd I'd seen and read a little bit about uh, that as well. But look, this is again. I've I've I I don't like to repeat myself here, but I think that this deserves to be repeated, and that is this: the folks on the left. The Democrat Party, they have, they see this as an opportunity of a lifetime. They truly see this as the beginning of the process of remaking America in such a way um, that is fundamentally different than how she was created by our founders. Now, depending which circles, um, you know, you you travel in or you pay attention to. They'll communicate that differently. They won't say that to the mainstream because a lot of folks love this country, right? A lot of folks love this country, and that's something that to me is obvious as we've begun our truth tour. By the way, we are in – where are we on? Red River? Red River, New Mexico. Red River, New Mexico, stunningly beautiful here, by the way. It's in the northern portion um, of of New Mexico, that's where that's where we are, and, uh, and that's where we're broadcasting from today. But just a beautiful, beautiful. I mean, it is it is remarkable. But to to see to see people around the country and to see the amount of I don't know just the American flag. I'll tell you something else we see a lot of is Trump Trump flags, Trump stickers. Heck, you drive even on I seventy traveling from Indianapolis, which is of course home base. To see Colorado Springs, we had to get off 70 on the 24 there, just a little bit east of, of Denver. But just the amount of, of Trump flags and signs along the highway. I told, I told my wife that I, I'm not aware. I am not aware. I have not personally experienced a enthusiasm for the guy that just lost. Right, right. If 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 we're just let me say that without getting to the, into the election narrative. But the guy that's not president right now, 
the guy that just lost supposedly this this election, um, which I'm not I'm not saying I, I'm just making. I know there's people that think this election was stolen. I know there are other people out here who think, you know, it's it's over and done with. It doesn't. What are you gonna do about it? it doesn't matter anyway. There's no way to prove it. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying, I'm simply pointing out that for the guy who's not currently president, who did not come out victorious in the previous election, to see, to see what um, we saw traveling across this country, there is a massive. Now, there's people that hate Trump too. Don't I, I'm fully aware of that, but there is a massive massive amount of support for Donald J. Trump. And I'm not aware, I don't think it it has existed, maybe in American history, definitely not in my lifetime. So they see, there's pressure, right? There's pressure because they know that they're going to have to contend with that again. Trump's out there, what, a week or two ago, saying short of a bad report from his doctor, He's he's running again in 2024. Get ready for something marvelous. Probably the best campaign in the history of campaigns. You know, back to all that stuff. And I love that about it. I just love it. It's 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 entertaining. It's effective. It draws attention to politics. It wakes people up. And I know some people are you know pushed off or put off, I should say, by some of the remarks and tweets and so forth. But man, he brings so many people into the fold that never cared about politics before or who thought that all politicians were the same, he has broken the mold on that. And I don't want to get into a whole Trump thing. I'm just simply saying the Democrats now, they have that, um, they have an opportunity, potentially, and I'm not predicting this, but potentially between um, what we saw with Grover Cleveland, for you historians or American history folks or whatever, people who study the president, someone who won the presidency, lost it, and then uh, was elected again. So... They, they see these two or four years as, as their opportunity, right? And they are – there are pressures. There are pressures from sources and individuals and radicals, and they are not about to let this up. So we're just the beginning of October right now. Nancy Pelosi says that they're going to vote on this stuff again at the end of the month. Now, Manchin – Looking here at an article from foxbusiness.com, Manchin is now open to spending um, above $1.5 trillion with a T. He says, I'm not ruling anything out. Now, this is only a couple of days now. Remember, he went a couple of months of saying, that's my limit. And we got to the vote. He stood firm. Now, <laughs> I don't want to get into whether or not that was an authentic um, I don't know whether that was an authentic opposition to the legislation or if he had to do it for political pressures and purposes, but he did it, right? He was consistent. I will say that about Manchin. He's been consistent on this. He really has. And I was on here yesterday telling you that I thought that the pressure, the pressure being applied to cinema and to Manchin would be more effective on Manchin than it is, excuse me, more, more, uh, effective from the side of the radical left at persuading cinema than it would be in persuading Manchin. They've got to get both of them, or they've got to get a Republican, which is always a possibility when you got Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski 
and Mitt Romney and other folks like that in the U.S. Senate, although I don't think that's going to be the case. I do think that there's going to be Republicans stand firm against this spending bill because it is a radical leftist wish list. It is the step towards remaking the United States of America as a, well, socialist-type country versus a country that was founded upon liberty and freedom and the individual and free market capitalism. We've, we've, we're well into that world, and the left sees us at the opportunity. They see Donald Trump out there still with the following. Of course, now a little bit in the background, but he can still dominate, still dominate the news, still pack rallies. And so they see this. They're not idiots. They're, they may be a lot of things, the radical left, but they're not, well, they're crazy. They're insane. Sometimes uh, they're morally depraved. But they're not idiots, and so they see this as their opportunity. That's why they want to pass the so-called For the People Act. The For the People Act, they want to nationalize elections. They want to make um, all these questionable activities, keeping you know, drop-off boxes and poll uh, the the polls being open, early voting being open, absentee ballots uh, coming in the mail weeks after elections are uh, are over. All this sort of stuff, which, of course, to any logically, <laughs> any logically minded person, obviously creates avenues for fraud. It's preposterous to suggest otherwise. Again, I've, I've said this before. It's just like if you open a business. If you open a business, say you open a retail store, you know that you are now making yourself susceptible to fraud or to theft, right? Let's just say theft. And so every time you put a different entrance and exit point onto your store, you're giving potential thieves. It doesn't mean the vast majority of people aren't going to try to steal from you, but it means that every time you put a, a entrance slash exit into your facility, it gives people an opportunity to get in and out undetected uh, with merchandise they didn't pay for. Or every time, say you sell something online, it gives the opportunity that you're, you know, Someone's working a fraudulent system to where it appears they paid you and they really didn't. On and on this stuff can go, right? I mean, there's anytime you make your business uh, open to customers and every time you try to accommodate a need every hour you stay open, every point of entry that you put into that facility, it makes there's there's an opportunity for something bad to happen. Same with elections, right? Anybody with half a brain knows this. Right, that that is this is undeniable. This is like kindergarten. Kindergartners would understand this, but the left wants to nationalize it, and they believe that they by doing so, this will help them to basically become the permanent majority, and so they want to become a permanent majority who is not held accountable, not held held accountable for their legislative actions because the American people by and large don't want this. A lot of Americans may not have liked Trump, but that does not mean that they are ready to embrace what we're seeing pushed through Congress today. That being said, if they can pressure these folks and scare these folks and you know potentially find uh, people to run against them, which is fine. That part's that part that part's fine, right? You can you can find a candidate who's more radical than the current Democrats in office like Manchin or Cinema find a candidate to run against them. That's okay. That's that's fair game. But trying to intimidate them, 
chasing them into bathrooms. Biden says this is just part of the process, by the way. Got a soundbite from Biden also telling us that um, Republicans should just now get out of the way, which is a bizarre thing to say when you're thinking about the realities that Manchin and Cinema were the ones that stopped this uh, legislation from passing to begin with. And so the, the left sees their opportunity. They see it. They can almost taste the victory. They can see a world where socialistic policies can be pushed through because the American people, the American people are not going to have, uh, if they federalize these elections, they're not going to have recourse to stop them. There's going to be built in, I mean, some of these things we, we've seen in, in these audits and some of the things that I've been told by people who have uh, researched and studied these things is quite remarkable. In fact, next week, yeah, next week on our on, on our television show, I have uh, a gentleman who's followed this in, in Arizona as a guest, and he basically has uh, told us that they've tracked GPS uh, data on on the phones of a couple of hundred people who were literally making the rounds and dropping a couple hundred ballots off at the at the drop boxes in Maricopa County. Um, Arizona, right, dropping these off um, in 200, I don't know, hundreds at a time. They have the data to show that that's what these folks were doing. And so you think, how many other things can they implement if they nationalize these elections, if they keep the polling places open longer, if they uh, can somehow make it unnecessary for identification at the polls or allow votes to come in the mail through the form of absentee ballots for days and weeks after elections. That's really, I think, one of the crown jewels for the radical left right now. If they can get the For the People bill passed, that they do want they want all these other radical leftist wish list items on there um, as part of a package that passes Congress as well that Biden can sign into law. But really what they want is control of the elections. They want no consequences um, for their radical ideology being implemented into law. And then what are we going to do about it? That's what they are hoping for. That's what they're seeking to achieve. And so that's what I'm telling you is going on behind closed doors with Manchin and Cinema. And that's why we see Manchin coming out today. Now, I don't know. Maybe Manchin is just having a conversation here. I'm just saying that it's not, I don't know, but it's not what he was saying earlier. He said that was the the limit, one and a half trillion dollars. So we'll see if he stands firm or not. I just wanted to, to share that with you off the top since we've talked about that recently here, especially uh, the end of last week, the past couple of days um, here. So just wanted to fill you in on that. Pay attention. Not sure where this is going to go. I could be wrong, and maybe Manchin will be the first to capitulate here and not cinema. Maybe they'll both stand firm. I'm not sure. I don't like to get in the game of, of speculating because there's a lot of things happening that none of us none of us are privy to. But I can tell you the pressures are high, and the, uh, the threats, I, I guess you could say, the threats that are going around, um, that they're being reminded if you want to have this committee chair, if you want to have have our help getting you reelected, all these sorts of things, you better toe the line because this is a, a fundamental principle for the 
Democrat Party and the radical left today, this uh, this series of, of legislation that they're trying to get passed, spending, socializing everything, increasing taxes, reducing freedom, <laughs> making sure that they have access to any transaction in your bank account over $600. We'll talk about that after the break. But this is who they are. They are radical. They are dangerous. And they are on the precipice, my friends, precipice of, of passing some legislation here if Manchin and Cinema do not hold firm. So that's where we are. Quick timeout is in order. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back. So, told you before the break, I wanted to talk a little bit about this. This is something that um, has been floating around there for some time. This is an IRS rule that the Biden administration is proposing. And this rule would require that banks, banks would report any transactions to the IRS, the Internal Revenue Service, on any transactions over $600. So, basically, anytime there's any transaction on your account for $600 or more, your bank would alert the IRS. Now, I know to some people, to some people, they think, well, you know, Todd, I'm not doing anything wrong here. And good good for you, by the way. I'm hope hoping nobody does. Todd, I'm not doing anything wrong here. Why do I care if my bank tells them um, what I am, you know, if I have a transaction of six hundred dollars or more? And and this the, it's amazing to me. You know, to to if you go back in the history of this country, and we've talked about this before. We literally had to have an amendment to our Constitution in order to have an income tax. See, at one point in time, states were responsible for generating revenue to the federal government. We have so inverted that today. So states could then you know, raise the taxes and then send their portion of the bill to Washington, D.C. Of course, another... Uh, at, at another point in time in this nation's history, there were representatives. The House of Representatives were elected by the people, just as it is today. But the senators, the senators from each state, were actually elected by that uh, that state's legislature. So it was actually ingenious. This has been changed as well through constitutional through constitutional amendment. The Constitution had to be changed for this to be changed. The founders wanted there to be representation for the people individually, but also for the state, the state to have interest. And see, we've, I guess what I'm, I'm pointing out here is how far we have uh, strayed from the founders' vision of America in more than one way. And so when we live, you know, in, in today's America, and you see some rule that says the IRS is going to know if you've had a $600 transaction, your bank's going to report that. You think, okay, I've got nothing to hide. 
I'm not doing anything illegal. What's the big deal? The bank's going to do it anyway. Blah, blah, blah. It's probably going to, by the way, make things more, it has to make things uh, more costly for banks. I, I can't imagine them having uh, an, an additional burden and uh, reporting requirement that doesn't cost anything to them, manpower, software, time, whatever. But beyond that, beyond that, we've we've seen a gradual change in the mind of the American people. Why does the government, and I mean this, I know, I know to some of you hearing this, you're going to think this sounds so far, um, you know, so, so just outside of reality right now, that's going to be hard to even wrap your hands around it. But why, why does the government have a right to know what you earn? Why, why do they need to know that? Why is that any of their business? Now, I'm not condoning, um, you know, we should follow the rules when it comes to the tax law and so forth. I'm not saying to circumvent that or to hide money. I'm simply saying fundamentally, why did we as a people go from a nation that said states would pay a tax burden to the federal government to now – we have citizens paying directly to the federal government, and then the federal government tells states, if you do what we want you to do, which the founders would be infuriated by this, if you do Indiana, if you do Colorado, if you do New Mexico, if you do whatever other state, Missouri, Texas, Oklahoma, New Hampshire, Nevada, or as Trump says, Nevada, Maine, one of the other 57 states Obama visited, whatever state, if you do what we tell you, we're then going to return. It's crazy. We're going to give you federal dollars to fund that program or whatever it is we tell you to do with the money. It is It is so. It is literally the inverse of how it was originally. And what does that do? It empowers the federal government. It empowers the federal government to completely bypass the states. Right now, the states are serving the federal government. Now, the states, if they want money, I I saw this up close and personal when I was a member of a school board uh, 20 years ago now. I saw this. I saw that there were some things that potentially were not in the best interest or at least needed, maybe there's better ways of doing things. Maybe they were programs that, I don't know, we we, uh, wouldn't have done. (laughs) No. Not, not that there was some just great abandonment of principles, but maybe there are things that we would have used the money for differently instead of being locked into some of this stuff. Because a lot of the stuff uh, that, that schools almost have to do it or there's no funding. They can't, they can't open uh, their facilities. They, can't, they just can't fund their operations if they don't play this game. And it is the exact opposite. When in reality, what the, the founders wanted was a federal government who had to ask permission of the states to do and the people to do what it's doing. Now it's exactly the opposite. It's exactly the opposite. And it's also exactly the opposite that we have given them the right to literally think that, think that they have the right. We, we really haven't given them the right or the, the power. They've just taken it. They've just taken it. Biden says... Anything over six hundred dollars, the your banks are going to have to basically tell the IRS. Which, by the way, 
You want to know the first place I would cut money from? And I know I've got a buddy uh, that, that works at the, the IRS. I don't want, look, there's way too much power at the IRS. If there's any agency that doesn't need more power and more money, it's that one. And there, there's others as well. But it's just one one of the obvious ones to me. It's because they implement and they want to do these things. This is not American. This is not um, this is not the government's right to know how much money is going in and out of your account. Well, Todd, people are fraudulently behaving and so forth. Okay, well, there's crime happening all over this country all the time. Are you prepared to throw out um, all of the protections given to us by the Constitution, the Fifth Amendment? Well, you know, if you don't have anything to worry about, I guess you can just let the police come and look through your possessions, right? They shouldn't have to have a warrant. They should just be able to look at what you're doing. After all, if you're not doing anything illegal, what do you have to worry about? Well, I tell you what you have to worry about. You have to worry about a government that's out of control, a government that's too big and too powerful and dangerous, right? That's what this creates. It creates a mentality that says now, instead of us being a government of buying for the people, now we're a government that tells the people what to do, what they can think, how they can act, what they can talk about on social media, whether or not they have to be vaccinated for something. They have to you know, tell employers how much they have to pay uh, an employee to work at a company, minimum wage, what benefits they have to give them, how much time off, maternity leave. And not, I'm not even saying those things are bad things. I'm just saying the the we have allowed this exact opposite thing from what the founders envisioned to to take place here, to take root. And this idea that Yellen now is doubling down on Biden's rule that says if you have a $600 or more transaction uh, going in or out of your account, the IRS is going to know about it. <laughs> I mean, it, it is remarkable. George Orwell, the things that he wrote about in 1984 and, and uh, well, Animal Farm, just – the things that he wrote about, it's just truly remarkable when you see how people are so easily uh, moved in a direction that requires more government, less liberty. And that's what's happening here. No way in the world the government has a right to know this. I don't care what the current state of rules are for the IRS. I don't care about any of that. I'm just saying as a free people – and what the founders envisioned, and what freedom and liberty actually is, to believe that an organization that has more power probably, arguably, than just about any uh, uh, division or the department in the, in the federal government, to say that they can just look at your transactions and everyone should be okay with this, not okay with me. It's not okay with me, but that's not the only thing. You know, the left has crazy, insane economic policies and ideas because it violates common sense and logic and economic truth. And so one of those things I want to talk about after the break, and I think I think it actually encapsulates just how much of a insane idea leftist economics are. So we'll do that when we get back. Sit tight. Listen to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. <laughs>
talking about economics, talking about the radical left. And these are my words, not you know the words on this program, the things we talk about. Um, do not necessarily reflect any opinion of any advertiser on this program, but I will tell you 100% unequivocally, it absolutely should. <laughs> but that being said, so so the the uh, advertisers aren't necessarily endorsing what I'm about to say, but when I think about economics and finances, I'm reminded of Intrepid Financial. Intrepid Financial can help you with your retirement planning. They've been uh, they're they're located on the near north side of Indianapolis, and you can find out more. You can find out more. See a list of their services. Maybe even reach out to them directly. And always, when you do that, make sure you tell them that you heard about them on the Todd Huff Show. But good folks who want to help you make wise wise decisions. Um, with your money, the opposite, by the way, of what the radical left is wanting is wanting to do. Intrepidfinancial.com is that website, and I love their phone number too. It's a patriotic phone number. Phone number three one seven eight one eight seventeen seventy six three one seven eight one eight seventeen seventy six. So, even though they're not, they're not endorsing what I'm saying, I'm sure that their investment advice would not be the same type of advice that the radical left is basically arguing for. And I've heard this before. I heard this before. You've probably heard this before when Obama was president, right? And so there's actually a hashtag, mint the coin. And this this goes to show you how truly insane and how truly outside of the world of reality the radical left's proposals for economics are they they literally the the radical left rejects reality and truth on a lot of levels and so they just don't like the way things are and they say that it should be it should be another way just because they want it to be and so when thinking about the amount of debt we have or the amount of expenses they're proposing you're trying to get new um, social programs in place or whatever. You'll hear this from time to time, and this is this gets more uh, what I want to say more traction than it should. And so people say, "Hey, these leftists say let's just mint a one trillion dollar coin. Let's create a coin. Let's say it's worth a trillion dollars, and let's just pay our bills with it, or let's just." They're probably not interested in paying off the debt, but possibly paying off the debt. But see, this is this is living in utter fantasy. This is not real. But see, nothing else the left tells you, tells me, tells us is real either because it stands in firm opposition to how the world works. It just simply does. You know, money, <laughs> we've talked about this before, but I think it's worth noting and understanding that Money represents something that was already created of value. You can't just arbitrarily make money and think that that won't have an impact on the currency or you know what things cost. You can't just flood the the market with other dollars that were not generated by the creation of wealth. 
again, you go back to when we were as a people, as human, as a as humanity, when we were negotiating, when we were bartering, things had value. You do this for me, you provide that for me, I will give you this in return. And so we moved towards using money because it was oftentimes difficult to have a scenario where two people who wanted to trade, you, you know, one person needed a roof, the other person maybe needed some a food supply over the winter months or whatever. Sometimes the roofer didn't have the food supply or sometimes the person who was the farmer didn't have the need for the roof. And so trade was uh, was stopped, right? But money allowed the people, uh, the farmer, to sell his uh, you know food supply, beef, whatever, grain, whatever it is, to someone that he didn't need necessarily something back from them as long as he had the money, right? Then he could use that for what he needed it for down the road, even if it involved someone else um, who wasn't involved in the previous transaction. And so now... The, the reason that, that money represented, that money represented the value that someone else got. And if you just arbitrarily created $1 trillion coin, that is about as reasonable as some of these other leftist policies are. That's about as reasonable as saying, just because the government says they're going to make sure that all people are paid equally or that there's going to be equality and equity amongst all people at all times, those two things to me seem to make about the same amount of sense. It is complete fantasy. It is utter nonsense. And then what they do is because we all know, we all know if we were in a personal negotiation with someone and someone says, it reminds me of the office when Jim traded Dwight magic beans, <laughs> magic beans, right? He made it up. It wasn't really anything of any value, but he convinced Dwight that the beans were magic and Dwight put a value on them. But turns out it wasn't real, and so the value really wasn't there. That is how these leftist ideas seem to me. There's no reality there. Nothing is real. Nothing. Nothing is real in their fantasy. They reject truth. They reject reality. They reject all sorts of things that we can see clearly – as reasonable, conservative, rational people. But they refuse to see it because it interferes with their worldview, with the way that, uh, the way that they want life to, to operate, which includes them having more power, of course, as well, more control over you and me. Got to take a break. Quick time out. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk, I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. <laughs> So, you know how when Biden was elected, in fact, that his inauguration, um, his inaugural address, he went out there and said just how much he was going to unify this nation, how it was time he was going to be the president for all people, and all this sort of stuff. Of course, we all knew, we all knew at the time that that was complete bunk. We knew that what we knew what this administration wanted to accomplish. I mean, this is not, for those who follow this, 
This is not shocking. For those who don't follow this and simply follow the media's narrative, this was a radical, uh, what do I want to say, uh, reality. They didn't realize. They didn't know that they voted for this. In fact, they're saying, wait a second, we did not vote for this. Problem is, they did. You know, you just don't vote against somebody. Someone has to be president, right? And so that's why that's why this whole never Trump movement never made any sense to me. You know, we can't have Trump because he might be as bad as Hillary, so let's vote for Hillary. I mean, literally it makes no sense. Truly, it does not make any sense. If that's what you thought, I don't mean to, you know, maybe you can explain it to me in another way, but um, that's just the way that, that I see it. But it makes no sense. I'm just I'm just making that statement. Listen to Biden here. This is Mr. Unification. This is what he had to say about the legislation that's getting held up in Congress. Meteor is headed, is headed to crash into our economy. Democrats are willing to do all the work stopping it. Mm-hmm. Republicans just have to let us do our job. Just get out of the way. If you don't want to help save the country, get out of the way so you don't destroy it. Meteor. I mean, it is absolutely insane what he's saying. A meteor, by the way, a meteor is heading towards our economy. Why? Because of what you've been doing to it, right? The, the meteor was not headed towards our economy before when, when Trump was president, but you've caused this meteor to head for it. Now you're telling us the only way to save us uh, from it is to do what the Democrats want to do and for the Republicans to just get out of the way. Don't destroy the country. Let the Democrats save it. What a bizarre, backward Insane way of looking at it, but there you go. Quick timeout for Mr. Unity. Mr. Unity, by the way, president for all people. Republicans, get out of the way. Back here in just a minute. My friends don't have very much time remaining here, but I want to, I want to say this in closing. It's bizarre for Biden to make this this statement, telling Republicans to get out of the way when, in reality, the people who are in the way, if you want to look at it that way, of his legislation, of his socialist wish list passing, are Democrats, Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin, to be specific. So I guess you got to go out there and intimidate them, chase them into restrooms and everything else. I've got to go. Thanks for listening. SCG, see you tomorrow. Take care.